Thank you for listening to The Leader. We're here every weekday at 4 p.m. with news analysis and commentary recorded on the day of release. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss out and share us too. Use the hashtag The Leader Podcast. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. London is at a critical time in the fight against COVID-19. Business Minister Nadim Zahawi was doing a media round this morning and he did not rule out London being put into lockdown inside the M25 if there's a big spike in cases. Our Deputy Political Editor Nicholas Cecils interviewed the World Health Organization's Dr David Nabaru. Find out what he had to say. And the complicated thing, I guess, is claiming the money off the back of it, you know, and we're told the money will be in five days after the claim, which will process at the end of this week, the first week of it. So we'll see. Ed Sanderman from Pizza Startup made of dough on the launch of Eat Out to Help Out. Will it save restaurants like his? Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, coronavirus cases are going up in London and the World Health Organization is worried. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. In Hackney, in the city, Barking, Dagenham, Barnet, Brent, Kensington, Hammersmith, COVID-19 is on the rise. Cases have doubled in Westminster from 8 to 17. It's still low, but concerning. The World Health Organization's Europe envoy, Dr David Nabarro's, told the Evening Standard the risk of a surge is extremely serious, and yet office workers are being encouraged to return to their desks. Our editorial column says if people don't know if they should stay in or go out, Neither does the government. No Prime Minister in peacetime has taken on such power to dictate the way we live our lives. Confidence in his ability to use it well is not high. He would do well to do so, much more openly, working with others. Unfortunately, that is not how Downing Street is run at the moment. The usual sources are briefing apocalyptic rumours of what might happen if London's low but rising infection rates keep climbing. Travel from the capital beyond the M25 could be banned. Meeting friends and family at home could be prohibited. 
Londoners hoping for clarity and leadership may be looking to the city's mayor, Sadiq Khan, instead. Unfortunately, they will find only evasiveness and silence. Meanwhile, London tries to reopen, while worrying about what may be coming next. Our deputy political editor, Nicholas Cecil, interviewed Dr Nabarro and he's with me now. Nicholas, we seem to be in a pretty dangerous time. Yes, well, he says that uh, London is at a critical time in terms of fighting COVID-19. And that might be slightly surprising given that case numbers in the capital are still low. But what he says is that when case numbers are low, it's actually the toughest time to contain the disease because people don't want to keep being disciplined and social distancing. They want to, to relax and go back and enjoy, enjoy life. And that allows the cases to pick up. So this is not the time to let your guard down then, is what he's saying. Yeah, but certainly in his words, he says it's, uh, there's an extremely serious risk of a surge in cases in London. And there's some new figures out this morning which show that in 22 borough areas, the number of cases, number of confirmed cases, is actually rising. So, for example, if you look at Hackney and the City of London, that area saw 59 new cases in the seven days to July, which is a rate of 20.5 per 100,000 people. And that's compared to the previous week of 43 cases and a rate of 14.9. If you look further east to Barking and Dagenham, they, that, that area saw its number of new cases nearly treble from 11 to 29. And there are four areas, Barnet, Brent, Kensington and Chelsea, and Hammersmith and Fulham, which have all seen their infection rates go up to at least seven per 100,000 population. So yes, still low, but as you said, doctors are getting a little bit worried about any rise, I suppose. But Dr Nabarro was quite clear that he's not someone who wants to continue with lockdown, is he? No, no. What he's saying is he's just appealing to people not to bend the rules, to stick to the guidance. He, he says we've got to get used to a new reality where we, we live with the virus because it's going to be here for many months, probably into next year. So what he's saying is, yes, let's try and get back to work, let's try and socialise, but let's do that in a socially distanced way as much as possible. And certainly, if you look at new cases in London, it's still far less than hotspots in the north of England. For example, Blackburn uh, with Darwin has a infection rate of 79.9, Oldham there it's 62.8, Bradford it's 53.4 and in Greater Manchester there's now a major incident has been declared after spiking cases. And in London the government does appear to have some quite stark plans if the spike continues to rise, doesn't it? Yes, well, this emerged over the weekend um, and uh, Business Minister Nadim Zahawi was doing a media round this morning and he did not rule out London being put into lockdown inside the M25 if there's a big spike in cases. This um, news of this M25 quarantine ring seems to be news to Sidi Khan and the Mayor of London, together with the Chairman of London Councils, have written to Boris Johnson asking why they were not involved 
in a reported critical exercise last week in which a major resurgence in COVID-19 infections happened in the capital. And during this exercise, they were said to have looked at a, a central scenario of this surge in cases in London and the possibility of the M25 being used as a quarantine ring. You can read that interview with Dr David Nabarro in the Evening Standard newspaper or at standard.co.uk. Next. We're 90% booked up, but, you know, the worry every day, I suppose, with a restaurant is that people aren't going to turn off. Ed Sanderman can eat out to help out save the restaurant trade. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. These are the sounds restaurateurs across the country are hoping to hear again. Customers back at tables, encouraged by a government-backed discount. Eat Out to Help Out has launched nationwide, giving diners up to 50% off their meals at participating restaurants. There's a maximum saving of £10 per head, though. It's supposed to reignite an industry that had to go into hiding during lockdown, but will it be enough? One of those to sign up is Startup Pizzeria made of dough, which had only recently opened two dine-ins after beginning as a travelling service with an oven in the back of a Land Rover. One of its founders, Ed Sanderman, is with me now. And Ed, what's it like to get back up and running and trying to get all those customers in after all this time being closed? That must be pretty hard. It is. It's pretty hard. You obviously, you, you fall into your groove as a takeaway. Um, before this, pre-COVID, 50% of our business was takeaway anyway because we're pizzerias. So it was very easy for us to make that 100% because uh, we were perfectly geared up for it. So we're in a really good position. So, you know, when I talk to people about how hard this has been, it's been a lot harder for a lot of other food businesses. Um, and we're very aware of that. But reopening for customers, you know, you, you don't know how it's going to go until you do it. Um, bringing all our guys back off furlough, they're obviously all a bit rusty. They've had, you know, some of them quite a nice time. The weather's been great, you know, but there's obviously a nervousness for them about work going forward, um, added to the fact that we weren't able to top up their salaries. So they were taking 80% of their usual pay. So it's good. It's exciting. It's, it's good to see the restaurants clean and ready for customers. But it's a bit weird because of the social distancing. We have two very small restaurants. They had 35 to 40 covers beforehand. They've now got 25 to 25 really maxed out. But it's just nice to have people back in because of the interaction, I think, more than anything. So how has it been to actually get set up on the Eat Out to Help Out scheme? Has that been fairly straightforward? Has it been a nice, easy thing to do? Yeah, so far, super easy. You know, we hit the link, you sign up, it's a one-page sign up, took five minutes. And then from then we've had emails every, you know, one or two a week updating us on, on what's going on. Um, the complicated thing, I guess, is claiming the money off the back of it. 
you know, and we're told the money will be in five days after the claim, which will process at the end of this week, the first week of it. So we'll see. But so far, it's been, you know, super, super simple. Was this needed? Could you have continued without it? For us, like I said, we were doing takeaway only. So it, we were in quite a good position. Business was actually going quite well. Um, we'd built it up. We'd sort of changed our product offering slightly. Um, but I think it's needed in the fact that 40% of our staff have been working. 60% have been furloughed. Um, the reason they've been furloughed is because we don't have customers dining in. So there's no need for them. Uh, and with the furlough dropping off from 80 to 60% this month, with a top up required for us as businesses, we wouldn't have been able to keep them on unless we were convinced that opening up was going to make sense. Um, so we would have given it a go anyway, but I think we, well, we hope that this deal, Monday to Wednesday, was, I mean, it's a great deal. It's, you know, it's an extraordinarily good deal, I think, um, for customers, will kind of push that, that sort of want from customers and make it work for us. But have you any concerns that you'll open the doors and no one will turn up? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, we run a booking system on one of our two restaurants and that's gone really well. We're 90% booked up. So that's good. That is the, the worry every day, I suppose, with a restaurant is that, you know, and, and running anyone running their own businesses, you know, one day, you know, they're going to stop selling things or people aren't going to turn up. And so, you know, I think we've contended with that concern long before this. And when you said you were getting your staff ready again and that some of them might be a little bit rusty, have you been, I don't know, running drills inside the restaurants, kind of doing little rehearsals, I guess? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've been doing that. It's interesting because everyone has a different take on their concerns around COVID um, individually. Um, most of our guys are European, so they've heard what's happened in Europe, obviously, and then seen you know, what a disaster it's been over here comparatively. Um, so some people are a little bit more laissez-faire about it. Some people are a lot more concerned about it. So it's, it's more a case of getting everyone on the same level and being, you know, reminding them actually, you know, this is a big deal, guys. You know, let's let's make sure we do to the best we can. Right? So we set our restaurants up so that it's safe for our staff primarily, actually, as well as our customers, because there is a nervousness from some of our guys about coming back to work. And just one final question, Ed: How are you feeling right now? It's been a roller coaster the whole time for us, and um, I feel differently at different parts of the day. But it's got to a point now where I just feel okay, you know, and uh, everyone's in the same boat. You know, hospitality has been hit particularly hard, but so, so have other sectors. And um, the fact that we've made it work for ourselves throughout lockdown compared to other businesses, you know, is we're, we're in a good position, like I say, so I can't feel too doom and gloom, but um, weird, I suppose, would be the answer. And that's the leader. We also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. <laughs>